Hello, my name is David Wilcoxon. I work in full-time ministry, and I believe that the 70th week of Daniel 9 is the most important prophecy to understand because of the truth of its fulfillment and the grand deception which is based on it. We've been taught that most of the prophecies in Revelation will be fulfilled during the last seven years, during an end times 70th week of Daniel 9. Some believe the saints will be raptured before the Antichrist appears in the seven-year tribulation. Others believe that the saints will endure the time of great tribulation during the last three and a half years. I believe that script for most of my life, as it's what popular pastors like John MacArthur, David Jeremiah, and Chuck Swindoll teach. It's what we see in the Left Behind books and movies, and it's what most people teach on YouTube and Facebook. So I realize that proclaiming a different fulfillment, which proves that most people have been misled in the end times, seems inconceivable and even arrogant. I get it. For most of my life, I believed that the 70th week of Daniel 9 was yet to be fulfilled. So who am I, and what gives me the authority to teach about this prophecy? I'm simply a follower of Messiah who studies scripture to see how it defines words and to understand the proper context of prophecy. I started teaching prophecy fulfillment explanations online in 2011 and now have many different websites that teach Bible prophecy and scriptural truth. I published a 21-video series on the Olivet Discourse and a 66-video series on the book of Revelation. In 2020, I wrote a book called The 70th Week of Daniel 9 Decoded, followed by the Olivet Discourse Decoded book and then the Revelation Timeline Decoded book. You can request free PDF copies of the books or get printed copies at BibleProphecyDecoded.com. And I don't cite those works to brag, but to show that I have studied Bible prophecy in depth. Here's a photo of me that I took a few years ago, which I use on the books, YouTube, Facebook, and my websites. I don't want to make the ministry about me. But I know that people want to see who they're learning from, so I posted the picture. People think that one has to get a degree from seminary or Bible college to know truth. But I believe that it's the very opposite as the enemy has infiltrated those places in the end times so that they teach false prophecy fulfillment explanations which effectively hide the truth. People go to Dallas Theological Seminary and blindly trust that their professors must be right, so they don't question the narrative. But DTS co-founder Lewis Sperry Schaefer was misled about prophecy fulfillment from Cyrus Schofield. The scriptures are our authority. They proclaim the true fulfillment, and in the study series, I will cite scripture to prove it out. So let me ask you, if there's been a grand deception during the last few centuries to mislead the end-time saints about prophecy fulfillment, do you want to know about it? Now most people would answer yes, but their actions reveal their sincerity. If you think that you already know the truth about Daniel 9.27 and the 70th week of Daniel, I challenge you to watch all of the videos in this series and prove me wrong. And I don't say that out of arrogance, but of assurance that I will provide undeniable proof. I pray that you're open-minded and will compare what I show against scripture and history. When we're close-minded and think we know the truth, we cannot learn. I'm confident that if you listen to all of the videos in this series, you will see the overwhelming evidence that the 70th week of Daniel 9 was fulfilled on time after the 69th week when Messiah carried out his multi-year ministry and died for our sins and the gospel was proclaimed to the Jews first. I pray that you will take that friendly challenge. Let me briefly focus on Daniel 9.27 to make the point that we've not been taught the whole story about the prophecy. 
it starts with, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. The word confirm tells us that the covenant already exists. When reading Daniel 9, did you notice that before verse 27, Daniel refers to two different covenants that existed at the time of his writing the prophecy? Do you think that the two covenants are important to understand to have the proper context of verse 27? I will show you that the answer is a resounding yes. Do most modern prophecy teachers tell you about those two covenants? No, they only focus on verse 27. Read Daniel 9 and you see that he is pleading for forgiveness for the Jews who have not kept the Mosaic covenant as they promised to do. So a curse was upon them. The Jews' disobedience of the Mosaic Covenant is what caused them to be in captivity in Babylon. And Daniel knows that most of them hadn't changed their ways and were worse off as they had become steeped in the pagan god teachings of Babylon. Daniel earnestly pleads for forgiveness of the Jews breaking the Mosaic Covenant, and he wants to know what is going to happen to them when they are released from the 70-year punishment. So we see that the Mosaic Covenant is a major focus of Daniel 9. This is very important to know to understand the covenant in verse 27. In verse 4, Daniel refers to a different covenant. It says, And I prayed unto the Lord my God, and made my confession, and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keep in the covenant and mercy to them that love him, and to them that keep his commandments. What you'll see in this video series is that Messiah's blood sacrifice on Passover as the spotless lamb confirmed, ratified the everlasting covenant to put it into effect. Now you may dismiss that statement, so let's read Hebrews 13.20, which declares this truth. It says, Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. And a remnant of Jews did believe by faith, and they understood the prophecy in Isaiah 53, that the Father would send the anointed one to atone for their sins. It atones for the sins of those who fall short of keeping the Father's commandments, and the written record of our sins, which condemn us to judgment and death, were nailed to the cross. That took place in the middle of the 70th week of Daniel, and it ended the need for temple sacrifices. As we see Daniel 9.27 foretold, he shall cause the sacrifice and oblation to cease. The Father tore the temple curtain in two to declare that the need for temple sacrifices ended with Messiah's blood sacrifice when he ratified the everlasting covenant. So the everlasting covenant had to be confirmed, ratified with the blood of the spotless Passover lamb. So we see two covenants in Daniel 9 that both point to the cross of Calvary. The point I'm making in this video is that pastors today do not focus on those covenants in Daniel 9, which are directly related to the covenant being confirmed in Daniel 9.27. And you don't have the whole story if you've not focused on the two covenants in Daniel 9 that existed when Daniel wrote down the vision, which directly relate to the covenant being confirmed. So assigning the covenant to an end times antichrist is not scriptural, and it hides the glorious truth, which is why the enemy created this false narrative. Another note is that the word for in Daniel 9.27 isn't in the Hebrew manuscripts. The translators added it to make it read well. It's not saying that he would make a covenant that would only last seven years, but that he would confirm the covenant in the seven years of the 70th week. And Daniel 9.27 tells us when, in the middle of the seven years, as Messiah's sacrifice for our sins ended the need for temple animal sacrifices. So the concept of a seven-year covenant is based on a misunderstanding of the text. Sadly, the unbelieving Jews continued making sacrifices, but it was an abomination before the Father's eyes as it denied the one-time atonement of Messiah. 
and the sacrifices were stopped permanently within one generation in 70 AD. Our beloved Messiah proclaimed that false prophets should arise and deceive many. We think that couldn't include us. But this video series proves that Messiah the Prince fulfilled the 70th week of Daniel on time after the 69th week. And because it's been fulfilled, it's not about the end times or the Antichrist. In the concept of the prophecies in Revelation, being fulfilled during a seven-year tribulation period is based on a faulty foundation. Again, I know that seems absurd, as the teaching is so popular. And you may have looked into the 70 weeks of Daniel 9 prophecy before. Your gut reaction may be to dismiss my words, but I dare say that you've not heard the prophecy explained this way, as I go way beyond just the four verses in Daniel 9, 24-27 to give the whole story. You may be tempted to click away, thinking you know the truth. Still, my challenge to you is to watch all of the videos with an open mind. Pray for truth instead of seeking to defend a belief. Compare the explanations with scripture and history and make a conclusion based on all of the evidence. Proverbs 18.13 says, He that answereth a matter before he heareth, it is folly and shame unto him. You've been led to this video for a reason. If you click away, you're liable because it's been placed in your path and now you're accountable. Messiah described foolish virgins who don't have the oil of scriptural truth to light their way, so they aren't prepared for his return. If your view of the 73 week of Daniel 9 and Revelation prophecies is off target if it's askew, are you prepared for Messiah's return? Before I explain the prophecy, I want to declare that the enemy has hidden what the saints believed in the past. What I teach in this video series isn't just my opinion. Did you know that it's only been during the last few centuries that people have believed that the 70th week of Daniel 9 is about the end times? Did you know that esteemed theologians Albert Barnes, Adam Clark, John Wesley, Joseph Benson, Matthew Henry, and Matthew Poole wrote whole Bible commentaries during the 16th through 19th century, and none of them assigned the 70th week of Daniel 9 to the end times or Antichrist, but only to Messiah? If you're a Bible prophecy student and you don't know the writings of these theologians, then you don't have a balanced perspective as you only know what today's teachers proclaim. Here are some of the commentaries from these theologians about the first part of Daniel 9.27, which says, And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, and in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. Albert Barnes' notes on the Bible from 1852 says, The Hebrew word here evidently refers to the covenant which God is said to establish with his people, so often referred to in the scriptures as expressing the relation between him and them, and hence used in general to denote the laws and institutions of the true religion, the laws which God has made for his church. It refers to the Messiah, who is the principal subject of the prophecy, and the work which, according to this, he was to perform was, during that one week, to exert such an influence as would tend to establish a covenant between the people and God. Adam Clark's commentary on the Bible from 1832 says, He, Daniel, prays to know when the 70 weeks of captivity are to end. Gabriel shows him that they are 70 weeks determined relative to the redemption from another sort of captivity, which shall commence with the going forth of the edict to restore and rebuild Jerusalem and shall terminate with the death of Messiah the Prince and the total abolition of the Jewish sacrifices. Joseph Benson's commentary of the Old and New Testaments from 1794 says, The first half week of Daniel is from the beginning of Christ's first preaching in Mark 1.15, where he said, Repent ye and believe the gospel, to his death, or rather to the Pentecost following, when all the Christian mysteries were completed. 
The covenant to be confirmed by the Messiah is not a civil, but a religious compact. When Christ, in the midst of the week, offered his own body, that great sacrifice for the expiation of sin, to reconcile sinners to God. By that most holy and acceptable victim, he completed and abolished the typical sacrifices of the law. The second half week is from the Feast of Pentecost, when St. Peter, with so much energy, converted 3,000 of the Jews, to the conversion of Cornelius and the first fruits of the Gentiles by the same apostle. So the gospel was proclaimed during the seven years to the Jews first, and then after the 70 weeks of Daniel 9 prophecy ended, it also went to the Gentiles. The Family Bible Notes from 1861 says, The covenant, the new covenant of grace, which was ratified by Messiah's death. With many, these are his spiritual seed in all ages. For one week, that is, within the one week. The words of the angel assert simply that this transaction takes place in the 70th week. Regarding to cease, by the one offering of himself, he accomplished that which the daily sacrifice and oblation typified. This he made them no longer necessary, and God soon afterwards abolished them by the hands of the Romans. The Geneva Bible footnotes from 1560 from the Protestant Reformer says, By the preaching of the gospel, he affirmed his promise first to the Jews and after to the Gentiles. Regarding he shall cause the sacrifice and oblation to cease, Christ accomplished this by his death and resurrection. In regard to the overspreading of abominations, he says, meaning that Jerusalem and the sanctuary would be utterly destroyed because of their rebellion against God and their idolatry, or a summary that the plague will be so great that they will all be astonished at them. The Jameson Fawcett Brown Commentary from 1871 says, Christ, the confirmation of the covenant is assigned to him, Messiah, also elsewhere. Isaiah 42.6 says, I will give thee for a covenant of the people. That is he in whom the covenant between Israel and God is personally expressed. Matthew Henry's whole Bible commentary from 1706 says, We have in verses Daniel 9, 24-27, one of the most remarkable prophecies of Christ, of his coming and his salvation. About the end of this period, a sacrifice would be offered, making full atonement for sin and bringing in everlasting righteousness for the complete justification of every believer. Then the Jews, in the crucifixion of Jesus, would commit that crime, by which the measure of their guilt would be filled up, and troubles would come upon their nation. John Wesley's Notes on the Bible from 1775 says regarding he shall confirm, Christ confirmed the covenant by his death and bloodshedding, shall cause the sacrifice to cease, points to the Jewish rites and the Levitical worship. By his death, he abrogated and put an end to this laborious service forever. Matthew Poole's commentary on the Holy Bible from 1684 says, He is the Messiah, and the covenant he confirms is the New Testament or covenant, called therefore the covenant of the people. In Isaiah 42, 6 and 49, 8, and the angel of the covenant in Malachi 3, 1, and the surety of the covenant in Hebrews 7, 22. They all wrote before the 20th century, and none mentioned the end times or the Antichrist. In a Bible study called Daniel 9 and the date of Messiah's coming in a scene, Hellenistic, Pharisaic, Zealot, and early Christian computation, Roger T. Beckwith shows the different perspectives about the fulfillment of the 70 weeks of Daniel 9 timeline by those people groups. None of them projected the 70th week into the end times, but always pointed to it being fulfilled by the Anointed One, Messiah the Prince. So you can see that this is not just my opinion, but the view of the great theologians of the past. Without having prior associations from the teachings of modern prophecy teachers, it's hard to comprehend that one would read Daniel 9 and assign it to the end times or the Antichrist, for Daniel's praying about what would happen to the Jewish people when they're let go. 
I'm going to end this part of the introduction as I want to keep these videos as short as possible. I will give you part two of the introduction in the next video, in which I will ask you some questions to help you see the truth of the 70th week of Daniel 9 prophecy and to open your eyes to the grand deception. I pray that you'll seek truth, not to defend a belief. I don't pretend to know everything, but I've been shown a lot. I will give you the full context of this 70 weeks of Daniel 9 prophecy instead of just focusing on the four verses of Daniel 9, 24 to 27. If this video helped open your eyes to the two covenants of Daniel 9, then please like it, make a comment, and share it with others. And click on the bell next to the subscribe button if you want to be notified about new videos in the series. On the 70thweekofdaniel.com website, you can save PDF summaries, request a free PDF copy of the book, or order a printed copy of the book. It's all for today. I love y'all. Shalom.